1: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
2: Let's cook your bookie. Let's make some money. Julio Sanchez, sports machine, Sean Levine, here for the next hour. A couple of games going on right now. we got a college football game out of the left corner of my eye. That's Appalachian State taking on Marshall, 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 Marshall has the six point lead in that game. And then on the other screen, Julio, I'm checking out this NFL contest between the Carolina Panthers and the Houston Texans. The Texans for being as messed up as they are with the whole Deshaun Watson situation and their front office and a new coach. And it's a disaster. They are one and one. However, It looks like they're probably going to end up getting stomped in this game. They're about to get scored on again. Carolina is up early, 7-0. The Panthers out the gates early, hot 2-0. Probably going to move to 3-0 after they win this game. Well, if they win this game, they will definitely move on to 3-0. Let's win some money. I'm the sports machine, Sean Levine. Julio, give me some beats. Let's talk some NFL football because even though it feels like the games are far away, they're really not. You got a game on right now, and it's a weekend, and then you got NFL Sunday. Arizona Cardinals giving up seven and a half at Jacksonville. Arizona is good. Arizona is complete. And I realize that Arizona probably should have lost, not probably, definitely should have lost their last game versus the Minnesota Vikings. How does that happen? How does an NFL kicker whose entire job is to come out there, maybe at the most, I don't know, including extra points, three, four, five times, during a week all he does is practice his kicking and then when it comes down to his moment his time I get it if it's like a 60 yard field goal or if there's weather conditions this dude missed a 30 something yard field goal to win the game in a dome unacceptable so Arizona should be one and one but that's a good football team they're laying seven and a half against Jacksonville I think they're rolling Atlanta plus three at the Giants we don't need to talk about that one too much because those teams are both going to pick in the top five but if I was betting it I would just take the Giants on the money line at home an interesting one, Chicago gets seven and a half at Cleveland. Look, Cleveland's good. In fact, I think there's an argument to be made that Cleveland is maybe the second or third best team in the entire AFC. And when you talk about a complete roster, that's what the Browns are. And Chicago, well, uh, Chicago sucks. I would lay the seven and a half with the Cleveland Browns at home. Staying in Ohio, Cincinnati. The Bengals, the Bungles, whatever you want to call them, getting three points against the Pittsburgh Steelers. It's too early for me to tell you if Pittsburgh's good or not because I would have told you heading into this season that what happened to them last season was going to just completely put them on their side. I mean, how does a team go? What were they, 10-0, 11-0? And then all of a sudden they end up, what a wild card team, and then get knocked out in the first round of the playoffs and then rebound from it the next season. Well, it looks like Pittsburgh's done that maybe kind of they did lose to the Raiders this last Sunday Pittsburgh laying three points against Cincinnati I'll go ahead and give them up with the Steelers Indianapolis the Colts I thought the Colts were going to be one of the teams that I was going to say I told you about three or four weeks in but they um, they're struggling quarterback play is still very much an issue they're getting five and a half at Tennessee how about that Tennessee game you guys watching that Goodness gracious, they got down early, they got down big, and they just kept chipping away, and then all of a sudden the game was over, and eventually the Tennessee Titans had won the game. The Titans at home giving up five and a half to win that game by more than a touchdown. New Orleans, another team that after two weeks, it's like, what's up with this team? Is Jameis good? Does Jameis suck? Is he an MVP? Is he a backup? New Orleans gets three at New England. I think I'll go ahead and take the three points with New Orleans. I'm not sure they win the game. It's probably going to be close. Who's the better quarterback in that game? Who's the better coach right now in that game? Moving on to the Washington football team. Getting seven and a half at Buffalo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This entire offseason, I heard the Buffalo was right there in the Chiefs rearview mirror. And Josh Allen got paid. And he's the closest thing to Patrick Mahomes. That may all be true, but after a couple of weeks, I'm not all that impressed. But I like big butts, and I cannot lie. They're playing the Washington football team. Who's improved? One and one. I'll lay the seven and a half. I think Buffalo wins that game by about ten. Miami getting four at Las Vegas. We have to talk about this division. Because for the first time in a long time, the Chiefs aren't on the top. And they're looking up at a bunch of teams. Now it's early. Take it with a grain of salt. I really don't know how good the rest of the teams in the division are going to be once we get to the midway point or certainly once the playoffs roll around. I've lost no confidence in the Chiefs based on what happened in that Baltimore game. And we'll talk about the Chiefs specifically coming up next in their upcoming game this Sunday against the Chargers. Again, speaking of a division team, the Las Vegas Raiders giving up four at home against Miami. I'm gonna say something that I never thought I would say. The Raiders are good. Who are shaking their head at me? They're not good. I mean, I've said this before. Well, one time I said that Derek Carr was the top like seven quarterback in the league. That didn't work out great for me. You still anti Raider?
3: This is short term.
2: I've been impressed with them. It feels like new beginnings for the Raiders. It also feels like John Gruden always does what he can to screw up a football game, doesn't it? Like. They win in spite of him, not because of him. And Don't they, they
3: usually start out pretty hot, and then by midseason, they look they're in very fair. raiderish form?
2: That's fair. So you're telling me just to wait? That's fine. But guess what it is, Julio? Early in the season. And guess what they do early in the season? As you just pointed out, they win football games, so I think they win this one. Christian McCaffrey. Out of bounds at the, what, six yard line? Oh, no, now he's limping around a little bit. So, if you have Christian McCaffrey in your fantasy football league, I'm not a doctor. I don't play one on the radio. But uh, he's doing his Christian McCaffrey thing where he gets hurt. Speaking of early in the season, death taxes and Christian McCaffrey getting hurt. Back to the NFL, the Jets getting 10 and a half at Denver. Is Denver good? Can I say that, Julio? You going to let me get away with that one? Nope. The Broncos aren't good either. Nope. It's still early. We're not believing in them. Denver Ten and a half point favorites against the Jets. I'll take the points with the Jets. Denver's better than them, but I don't know if they're ten and a half points better. Here's a good one. Seattle giving up a point and a half at Minnesota. I just talked about Minnesota's kicker. Whoa, Seattle was the team that gave up that huge lead to the Tennessee Titans. Seattle giving up one and a half. Nah. Well... I'll go ahead and I'll go ahead and put Minnesota on the money line at plus one ten. Tampa Bay. Speaking of a one and a half point line, giving up one and a half at the Rams. The Rams are every bit as talented as Tampa Bay. The Rams don't have Tom Brady. Tampa Bay. I'll lay the one and a half. Green Bay getting three points at San Francisco. Green Bay looked awful in Week One. Green Bay looked pretty good in Week Two. Aaron Rodgers has got to be the weird. You know what Aaron Rodgers is? He's like the Zach Greinke of the NFL. I don't want to say weird because that's unfair. He's just a different type of guy. He just thinks a little bit differently than the rest of us, which is cool. Green Bay plus three at San Francisco. I'll take the three with Zach Greinke. Aaron Rodgers. In fact, let's play that one on the money line. Plus 130. Green Bay on the road gets the win. And Philly gets three and a half at Dallas. Philly's gotten off to an okay start this year. They won one, they lost one. They lost to San Francisco. Jalen Hurts has look good. Dallas, same thing, one up, one down. Dallas can score. So can Philly. I like the overs in this game. I like Dallas laying three and a half. By the way, the Chiefs line against the Chargers has moved up and down a little bit, but it's been hovering right around a touchdown, a touchdown and change. Last I checked, it's a seven-point line. Chiefs, seven-point favorites over the Los Angeles Chargers, the over-under in that game, is 54-and-a-half. We'll talk about that one coming up next. And we got to get you our Cook Your Bookie Week 3 power rankings because the Chiefs very rarely lose, but they did. How far do they fall? I'll tell you coming up next right here. It's Cook Your Bookie on 610.
0: Listen to Royals baseball on the Odyssey app. Download the app and listen to the boys in blue straight from your phone. KCSP Kansas City, wdafhc 2 Liberty, and Odyssey Station.
2: 7 to 0 over the Houston Texans. So hopefully you had the unders going in that game. Speaking of the unders, the Chiefs over under versus the Chargers go, Chargers go. Actually, screw the Chargers. Why'd I say that? Is 54 and a half. Obviously, the Chiefs are capable of putting up a lot of points. And I think Justin Herbert, you might be able to argue, is a top. Eh, how high are we going? Seven, eight, definitely a top 10 quarterback. How high can you go? Remember Limbo? How low can you go? Skateland South back in the day. What a great place to pick up chicks. Anyway, the ADD kicked in. Sorry about that. I'm supposed to be talking about gambling here. That's why it's called Cook Your Bookie. Um, The over-under in that game is 54 and a half for the Kansas City Chiefs, like I mentioned. I think the question is going to be, do Justin Herbert and the Chargers try to slow the pace down? To win the game versus the Chiefs, or do they try to go firepower versus firepower? Which, you know, most of the time you would think the best way to beat the Chiefs is to try to slow them down. Thank you, Captain Obvious. Their offense is so good that maybe if you can just hold them into the high teens or maybe even the mid-20s, you have a chance to win those games. The Chiefs don't really lose a lot of games like that. It feels like more often than not, if and they don't lose a lot of games, period, but if they're going to. Getting into a shootout with them, for whatever reason, is just as good of a way to beat them as trying to slow down Patrick Mahomes and slow down the pace and all that because that just is a near-impossible task to do, and then you usually you look up at the scoreboard and you go, "Oh damn. Now, just to call a spade a spade, you can score a lot of points and still lose. That happens more often than not. It feels like that's kind of been the Chiefs' M.O. the last year and a half is – Screw It doesn't really matter how many points we give up because we can outscore our opponents. Kind of like that week one game versus Cleveland. I think this game's going to look a lot like that one. Now I'm just talking about the final score. I'm not talking about the way that game played out where Cleveland got off to the big score and played great in the first half, and then all of a sudden, they um, they Cleveland Browns their pants, if you will. <laughs> My boy in college never used to have to go drop a deuce. He used to say he had to take the Cleveland Browns to the Super Bowl. I don't think the Cleveland Browns. The actually Cleveland Browns are going to the Super Bowl this year. Although that's a that's a good football team. And so are the Chargers, the Chiefs' upcoming opponent. I think if we need to talk about the Chargers, we need to talk about the division because most of the time, well, really all the time, since Patrick Mahomes has been here, he's been on top of the AFC West mountain, looking down at everybody else. And who you know, who and I was kind of having a little bit of fun with how good are these teams. The Raiders, I think, as the season plays out, will show us that they're the Raiders. And they've got this ceiling where if I'm right, then they win 10 games. And if Julio's right, then they win seven games. They win five more. I won't be surprised if it's either way. It's probably going to be somewhere in between. I think the Broncos, you could say kind of the same thing. I don't think anybody's saying, oh, well, they've gotten off to a good start. All of a sudden, they're going to go 13-3. and three. Nobody's saying that. But can they go 11-5? and five? Yeah, that's probably their ceiling. How bad can it get? Maybe 7-9. and nine. I think that's a pretty good football team. As far as the Chiefs go, even after losing, so they're over-under, which gets adjusted every single week in Las Vegas, is still sitting at 12. So to get paid, they have to win 13 games. Obviously, we know that they've lost one already. Do we think the Chiefs can go the rest of the season only losing two more games? I'm certainly not backing off of that just because they lost to a good Baltimore team in kind of weird fashion, a game that the Chiefs basically had in control. I do think that Baltimore essentially saved their season with that win. Not to say they weren't going to end up winning double-digit games or make the playoffs or anything like that, but you get off to an 0-2 start in this league. We all know the numbers. It's very hard to creep out of that, especially if you're talking about winning the division. The Chiefs' overrunner for total wins right now is still at 12. Are you going to play 13? Yeah, sure. Why not? Here's another interesting one if you're talking about Chiefs props. Clyde Edwards-Alaire, 1,000 rushing yards. You know what he's at right now after two weeks? Wait for it. Wait for it. 89. He's got 89 rushing yards. I am uh, kind of regretting taking that guy in the third round of my fantasy draft, but nobody wants to hear about it. My 0-2 fantasy football team. I don't know if I'm confident in playing those overs, to be honest with you. And I think the Chiefs, as the season goes along, if Edwards Alaire doesn't look like what they expected him to, they'll just go running back by committee. We've seen Andy Reid do that before. He doesn't care who gets the glory, who gets the touchdown, who gets the stats. He just wants to win football games. He doesn't care if you were a number one draft pick like Edwards Alaire, if you were an undrafted running back. He's had plenty of both. And then Travis Kelsey... His now adjusted number for touchdowns this year, 19 and a half. He's sitting on three after two games. Go ahead and play the overs on that one. I think he also gets like 20 or 21. I know that's nuts. I know that's an absolutely huge number, but I think he's proven the last couple of years that not only is he the best tight end in the league, hands down, bar none, he might go down as the best tight end of all time. That's just going to depend on how many Super Bowls the Chiefs end up winning Why he's there. I get it. He's on the north side of 30 they got to pay him again. But he doesn't really look like he's slowing down. Look at a guy like Gronk, who even after taking time off, comes back and looks that good. Why can't we have another four years of this of Travis Kelsey? The Chiefs win two Super Bowls in that time. He's a three-time Super Bowl champion. He's got all the records. And then at that point, we might be talking about the best tight end of all time. No tight ends ever had a 20-plus touchdown season. I think Kelsey will this year. Play the overs on that one. All right. Most of the time, I would say that these uh, power rankings are a little corny, a little unnecessary, but I like them early on in the season. At number 10, the Raiders. Look, they're 2-0. Maybe Julio's right. Maybe I'm right, but it's early. And so far, they're the 10th best team in the NFL. Number nine, the Seattle Seahawks. This team should be higher, right? How do we win games in the NFL? We all know good front office, good defense, great quarterback, great coach. Seattle has all those things and they're sitting at one and one. They just, I mean, how do you give up that lead that they gave up against the Tennessee Titans? Unbelievable. They were up by three touchdowns in that game with 18 minutes left to play and blew it. Number eight, Buffalo. Buffalo at some point will creep their way into the top five, maybe end up in the top three. Last year, I think they finished the season in my power ratings right behind the Chiefs at number two, but right now I got them at number eight. And Josh Allen's look good, but not great. I want to see a little bit more. Number seven, Cleveland. Cleveland's a good football team. Baker Mayfield, if you're Cleveland, you're in a really interesting spot because you can't not pay Baker Mayfield, but everybody knows that once you pay him, he's immediately overpaid, if that made any sense to anybody driving around out there. Like, they're going to pay Baker Mayfield, and the way that you pay guys is not based on what they deserve. It's based on what the market value is. So, if Patrick Mahomes got X and Josh Allen got Y, then Baker Mayfield's going to get Z, which is going to be a crazy bag of money. Does he ever win a Super Bowl in Cleveland? Probably not. Number six, Baltimore. I'm still not a believer in Lamar Jackson. You can call me a hater. You can call me whatever you want. I've been called worse by my girlfriend tonight, guaranteed. But I just... Even in that game where he went out and came back and beat the Chiefs. Number five, Arizona. You won't talk about a quarterback. It's a complete package. That dude, if you will, Kyler Murray. He's your week three MVP, if you will, with 14 weeks left in the season. At number four, our Kansas City Chiefs. Started the season at number one, had him ahead of Tampa Bay. Didn't look great against Cleveland, but all's well that ends well. Got the win. And then just defensively being able to stop the run. Having a feature running back. Right now I got the Chiefs at number four. Number three, the Los Angeles Rams. Cooper Cup. Who knew? Leading the league in touchdowns. The Rams are 2-0. I have them at number three. Number two. The San Francisco 49ers and Debo Samuel, Debo, you got knocked to two and zero. The San Francisco 49ers and at number one, I hate to do it because they beat the Chiefs last year in the Super Bowl, but it's got to be the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, also at two and zero. By the way, my number one and three teams play each other coming up this week, and that should be a hell of a matchup. Tampa Bay takes on the Los Angeles Rams on the road. Tampa's a a one-and-a-half-point underdog. Rob Gronkowski speaking of six touchdowns in his last three games, including the Super Bowl. Who knew? Not me. Let's keep talking props on the other side. There's a lot of them that I like, and then after props, I got locks. Props and locks coming up next right here on 610 Sports Radio. You're listening to Cook Your Bookie with
0: Sean Levine. Thursday nights at 8, 610 Sports Radio. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. You put in the hours. The energy. The tough labor. You are a fighter and Medella is your reward. Medella, the mark
2: of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crownland Port Chicago, Illinois. Speaking of bets, Julio, I know that you're a Star Wars um uh, I don't want to say be, it. No, say no it. I don't want to be it's derogatory. Right. Y'all are weird. Yeah y'all are weirdos i mean do you think anybody wants to hear my jar jar banks if we get one text that says yes yes machine I'll, i want to hear your jar jar banks 913-576-7610 i'll do it it might be the most hated thing in the entire city but i'll do it if, if we get one so you're text.
3: picking the worst character in the star wars universe well he's the awesome. only
2: one he's the only one that i can do an impression of like if i try to do my chewbacca impression it just sounds like a, the wolf having a seizure.
3: Anything's better than Jar Jar, Jar Binks. Yeah, that's... No See? one asked for that, but thank you. No. It's better than Jar Jar Binks, though.
2: So. I agree. He's the worst?
3: By far the worst. Oh, yes.
2: Who's, like, the second worst character?
3: Uh, I mean, that's debatable, I guess. But,
2: but it's not debatable that Jar Jar Binks is the star, worst all worst character.
3: That's not even up for debate. No.
2: I don't know. I think that I would debate that there's a tie for pretty much all those geeks, all them weirdos.
3: You're, uh... <laughs> You're stepping on a not-so-solid ground here, Sean.
2: I just S- stick to sports. It's my fault. It's not your guys' fault. You guys are smarter than me, you nerds. I just don't know what's going on. As soon as the – I do like the credits. The credits are awesome. And then I don't know what's going on. Now you're just mocking me. Now, no, now I'm not. you're just mocking me. I'm being me. serious. Fine. I'm trying to be genuine. I'm the one that's dumb. D-U-M will no be at the end. I don't know what's going on. Like, <laughs> I can't follow it. And I remember one time we skipped school. Me and my buddy Brian, we skipped school our senior year because at Blue Valley Northwest there was like a – a door that all the all the real ones, they knew how to get out. And so we uh we went out that door and we went to go see, you know, like how they started the new Star Wars before the old Star Wars, whatever Anakin came in, whatever that one was. That was the George R. Banks one.
3: That was, yes. That was the
2: has anybody did we get one text by chance? Um, no,
3: nope, nope, okay. we did not. We did not. <laughs>
2: okay. We did not. All right. Give it time. There are a bunch of sports machine where the hell you've been text, and it's good to hear from you. Look, it's good to talk to you. And it's good to be heard.
3: Thank you to the five listeners out there.
2: We appreciate appreciate it. Well, at this point, my uncle's listening. I got two cousins, my best friend at Myrtle Beach. Yeah, you're right. There's five. There's five of y'all. But we do appreciate it. All right, give me some beats, Julio. Let's get back into the betting conversation. Who do you like in this one, my friend? As the season goes along, who's going to have more passing yards, Tom Brady or Patrick Mahomes? it felt like when he had his 50 touchdown five thousand yard mvp season a couple of years ago that statistically he may never get there again a couple of things one this defense doesn't look very good either and that was the whole reason why he had to put up all those stats i ain't saying i'm just saying julio and then on top of that you got the additional game and all that going forward for the rest of his career so i don't know maybe he does reach those thresholds once again I would probably put my money on Patrick Mahomes when it comes to passing yards. Although, anybody that thought that Tom Brady was slowing down or done or dead a year ago, can you imagine actually being an idiot that would say that type of thing? For real. Like, not only did you have an entire sample size that you were talking about the greatest of all time, but if you could just bite your tongue for a second and see what happens, then he goes out there and wins a Super Bowl and beats this dude Patrick Mahomes. It's like, damn, what do you say now? It was funny because in like fantasy football drafts, there was one year where you could get him last year, last off season. You could get him. He was the 18th ranked quarterback according to fantasy to ESPN.com coming in. He finished the second ranked quarterback. Then this year, guess who was the second ranked quarterback? So again, I'm not happy about it. I'm just trying to spit facts here. I would still take Patrick Mahomes to have more passing yards this season. All right. How about this one at seven to one? You can get seven to one for either Chiefs pass catcher to lead the league in touchdowns, Tyree Kill or Travis Kelsey. Kelsey's already got three of them. And I said earlier that I think he's going to get 20 plus. Well, if he gets 20 plus, you probably end up winning that bet. And at seven to one, that feels like good odds. The only problem is this is the old Reggie Bush and Matt Leinart splitting Heisman votes type thing. What the hell am I talking about? Well, when you've got both these guys on the same team, that can only catch from the one quarterback Maybe they're going to steal touchdowns from each other. To some extent, that doesn't matter. I remember when Patrick Mahomes first got here, and it was like, how's he going to keep everybody happy? At the time, you had Sammy Watkins. Scrub. (laughs) And then you also obviously had Tyree Kale and the boys, uh, uh, Travis Kelsey and the like. But that's never been an issue. It wasn't an issue with day one, and it wasn't an issue last week, and it's not going to be an issue going forward. This guy manages to get everybody theirs. I think that putting Travis Kelsey money on, uh, putting a little money on Travis Kelsey is a good bet. Who ends up this season with more rushing yards, even money, Nick Chubb or Dalvin Cook? I was just talking about splitting with Kelsey and Hill. Kind of an issue also with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Kareem Hunt fantasy owners. And save all your texts that he's a piece of crap guy and all that. We we're all on the same page on that one. But as far as a football player goes, he's an absolute beast. He is. He just is. He's a beast on the football field. Was he worth drafting, though, if we're talking about the gambling side of things, if we're talking about actually making a little bit of cheddar? Or would you have rather just said, eh, Nick Chubb's going to get the bulk of the carries, the bulk of the touchdowns, and obviously the bulk of the yards? For the sake of this conversation, Who do y'all like at even money to end up with more yards this year, Nick Chubb or Dalvin Cook? I think that I'm going to take Nick Chubb because it feels like Dalvin Cook is always hurt every single time I'm watching Red Zone, which I've become completely addicted to. I used to think that Red Zone was good for the gamblers, and then I thought that Red Zone was good whenever stream that I was stealing cut out. Now, I don't even watch games anymore, at least at noontime. Because red zone is so much of a better option. It almost feels like you're wasting time watching a team make their drive down the field when you can watch another team putting in points or not. Nick Chubb, Dalvin Cook. I think I'll put my money on Nick Chubb because Dalvin Cook is always hurt. Even Money Bet, who's going to have more sacks this year? Aaron Donald, always a good bet. Or the brother of John Bones jones that's chandler jones who had five in his first game off to a good start i still think the safe bet's probably aaron donald like aaron donald if you look at the only problem is this every single game if you watch aaron donald he's at least double teamed if not triple teamed where he's the focus of the opponent's offensive line is that the same case with chandler jones I think the answer is a pretty obvious no, because you got five sacks in his first game, like I just said 30 seconds ago. If you get one sack, okay. If you get two, we're going to chip you with another guy. If you get three, we're going to double team you. Four or five, I mean, what's going on? At that point, I think I'll put my money on Aaron Donald. And then who wins more games outright this year in the regular season while we're talking even money bets? Baltimore versus Buffalo. I don't love either one of these teams. You ever been in a relationship where... You know that you're not going to go the distance. You know you're not going to get married. But also, it's got its perks. It's got its good things. Like, you know, maybe she's really good looking. Maybe she's got a really good looking bank account. Drives a nice car. Has a nice loft. Maybe you outkicked your coverage, if you will. But you're not going to marry her. She's got too many flaws. I see that with both Buffalo and Baltimore. They're both pretty. They both come from a nice family. They got straight teeth. They smell good. They drive a nice car. There's a lot of things to like about both those teams. But are either one of those teams going to end up at the altar? I don't know. The altar, of course, in this case, being the Super Bowl. Mm, Too many flaws, at least early on. I think that Buffalo wins more games this year than Baltimore. They're adjusted over-unders right now in Las Vegas. Baltimore is at 10 and a half with absolutely no running backs. So they need to win 11 games to cash your ticket. They did beat the Chiefs. Keep that in mind. And then Buffalo is at 11. So Buffalo needs to win 12 games. Of course, they've already lost one this season. If I'm going to be honest with you, I'm probably playing the unders on both those. Speaking of the betting, we got action going on in the NFL. The Thursday night game, the Carolina Panthers versus the Houston Texans. And this dude just really missed the extra point. Julio, I'm gonna take you behind the scenes, dog. I made like a long shot bet that this game was gonna be tied at halftime, at twenty to one, and it was. <laughs> don't laugh. So, oh, unbelievable. It was. I, I only. Bet, I, I only bet ten bucks, but I mean that's two hundred dollars. Are you serious? Anyway, I hate when I'm on the radio and I'm actually pissed off. So. The Texans came down score. The Texans are pretty big underdogs in this game, double digit underdogs. They come down, score a touchdown with 20 seconds left. So Carolina's not going to have time to do anything but kneel on the football. And then their NFL kicker that I was just I was just bitching about the, the Minnesota kicker, even when I had no money on it, I was complaining about that guy missing the chip shot field goal. And then this dude comes out and misses an extra point. Why do I care so much? Because now it's seven to six instead of seven to seven at halftime. So my long shot bet doesn't pay coming up all by the way those are Levine's props on the other side I got Levine's locks I was gonna say I'm a poet but I didn't even know it but technically those things don't rhyme grammar never really my thing let's be honest I'm only an okay speaker (laughs) even though I like pseudo do it for a living we all know my math problems Huli what was your worst subject in college
3: math by far
2: what was the most difficult class you ever took College Algebra. I'll concur on that. I took it three times at KU, and then I cheated the fourth. Yep. And even the time I cheated, I still failed. So I cheated again, and then I eventually got through it. Did you ever take Western Civ?
3: <laughs> no, that was easy, though. What? I thought that was... Uh, what? They're, they're both weed-out classes, but yeah, College Algebra was...
2: Western Civ? Yeah. Bro, I don't even know. That might as well have been Algebra in French. That's a strong suit of mine. Goodness. I had no idea what was going on in that class. Anyway, I digress. That was Levine's props. Coming up next, Levine's locks. We try to make some money. Then we get out of here. Right here. Cook your bookie. Julio Sanchez. Sports machine. Sean Levine. 610 Sports Radio.
0: You're listening to Cook Your Bookie with Sean Levine. Thursday nights at 8, 610 Sports Radio.
2: hey what's up cookie bookie sports machine here on 610 with my main man julio sanchez let's go to the text line here for a second oh julio why didn't you tell me there's a bunch of sports machine i want to hear your jar jar banks okay i got a bunch on there don't lie to the people i see multiple so to me that's a bunch i think this might be my favorite text that i've ever seen from the 316 I thought Bink's auto-tune was off <laughs> What up machine? I can see that Like I do sound a little bit like Bink With his auto-tune being off And then this person just This person You want to talk about real This person's real They've been listening to your boy for a while They, they mentioned clearly Canadian Dr. Thunder Zambezi Zinger Orient Express And my favorite Disney character of all time Which is Rafiki What a wise What was he a baboon? I believe, whatever it was, he was smart. Somebody also asked from the 913, when do we get players only? I could see that. You're over me already, and you want players only. Uh, Next
1: week, we'll be back. Yeah,
2: they'll be back next week. There was a special two-hour show on mental health earlier today, which obviously is very important to all of us. So, sorry, Sean Barber. You'll get your – nobody likes airtime like Sean Barber. Barber, you'll be back on with the homies coming up next Thursday night on Players Only. All right, Julio. Oh, real quick, before you give me the music, I heard the people little charge our beans through the night. The whole reason that I was oh, asking boy. you, the whole reason I was asking you about that is because I know that there's a lot of uh, your kind, your kind being the Star Wars people, that uh, like to attend events such as Comic-Con.
3: Yes, sir.
2: Have you been to Comic-Con? I have. Have you? I yeah, of, of course. Have you been multiple times? Oh, yeah. Okay, so you liked it. You went back. Yeah, of course. Okay. I've never That's been awesome. I'm not I'm not opposed to it. I'm like, just asking. I'm yeah. not trying to offend anybody. No, it's
3: good to I mean it's fun to just go see people dress up and they have but all the kinds
2: whole, of cool stuff. The, the whole reason at. I've gotten in the Star Wars Comic Con conversation is Renaissance Festival, I'm going Yes. Yes also. Yes. Yes, do you dress up?
3: Uh I do I'm not I'm not that Well, indie, you're still Yeah, I st- I go for the
2: I feel like once you get married like now that you're a homeowner, next up for you with your girl, like let's just face it, you're gonna like probably tie the knot and eventually a family and all that. That's when you take the next real dad step and you're like right on the brink, dog. I'm telling you, you're right on the brink. Like you you're still so, a little oh, dressed up right now. Let me ask you the same question next year. I bet you're dressing up. Uh
3: I mean, I'm not opposed to it. It's no. Not that way.
2: You shouldn't. I'm not opposed. Be. There's nothing wrong with it. Why not? There's absolutely nothing wrong with it. I uh, I'm gonna go also. My favorite thing to do there is have you Have you ever met the dude? I guess it doesn't have to be a dude. Have you met the person that just yells insults at you the entire time? Yep. But they give you a chance to throw tomatoes at his face. What a cool thing to do. What a great thing to do.
3: I also enjoy the uh, the foam swords when you can go in there and just beat up on little kids with foam swords. That's yeah. fun also. Yeah,
2: I mean, you could also, you know, take on somebody your own size, but eh, if you choose to beat up that. kids with a foam sword, eh. do your thing. Like Kramer did in the dojo on Seinfeld. He was beating up everybody. They're like, that's impressive. Then they go in and find out that he's beating up a bunch of kids. Hey, he was beating them up.
3: Impressive. A win's a win. Axe throwing. That's fun. Archery is also fun.
2: Eh, I'm good on the archery. Reminds me of summer camp. Too damn hot. Not enough water. What about uh, the crossbow? Have you ever shot that out yes, there? Yes, that's pretty cool. Yeah, that's that, that, that gives you some power. Speaking of power, speaking of lock, give me some music because before we get out of here, I want to get the people some Levine's locks. This is how we really make our money, Julio. The rest of the stuff I've been talking about the last 49 minutes and change, I've already forgot about. Maybe it's because I did some stuff in college that I probably shouldn't have, but whatever it is, I literally forgot everything that I've talked about. However, the next five minutes matter because you literally locks. Is how we make our money. Cleveland giving up seven and a half at home against the Bears. Sometimes you need to break down a bet with a microscope and say who's got the better coach, who's got the better quarterback, who's got the better running back, who's got the better offensive line, who's got the better defense, who's got the home field advantage and if the conclusion is that the check mark is in the same box for the same team for everything then aren't we going to take that team in a blowout Cleveland giving up seven and a half points against the Bears I'd be very surprised the Bears can keep that game close plus Cleveland's still trying to prove something they're at home their fans are still remembering what it's like to actually watch a good football team in front of them so it feels like They feel like a college football team that doesn't just want to win. They want to win impressively by as many points as possible, and it's going to be that way until they win a playoff game or two or three. I know they won one last year. Cleveland giving up seven and a half against the Bears. That's a lock. Speaking of a home lock, the Las Vegas Raiders giving up four against the Miami Dolphins. The Dolphins make me cry. Hootie once said that of Hootie and the Blowfish fame. What's his real name, Julio? Come on, dog. Darius Rucker? You knew that. Las Vegas giving up four points at home against Miami. I think this is the opposite of that game I was just telling you about with the Bears and Cleveland. I think it's really close till the end, but I think that the Raiders come down the field, score a late touchdown cover for you, but you're going to have to sweat it over Miami. The Rams against Tampa Bay. Tampa's given up one and a half. On the road. I asked this with hyperbole, but I'm also asking like I want an actual answer. When's the last time Tampa lost a football game? They didn't lose the Super Bowl. I know that for a fact. Damn it. They didn't lose the NFC Championship game. That's how they got to the Super Bowl. They didn't lose the playoff game before that. They were a wild card team just to get in. So that's four. That won their last, what, 10 regular season games? Is that what it was? Seven, eight, nine? I mean, dang. If you're going to pick against them, what's your rationale? How do you convince yourself that that's a good idea? I don't know. I'm not going to do it. I'll leave the one and a half and say they beat the Rams, even though the Rams are a very impressive football team. And that's it for your NFL locks. However, on Saturday night, UFC pay-per-view, it's the return of Nick Diaz. Nate Diaz, older brother, is back in the cage taking on ruthless Robbie Lawler. These guys fought 17 years ago. They said Robbie Lawler was knocking out everybody at the time, and he was. They said Nick Diaz didn't have enough power in his hand to knock out anybody. Well, guess what happened? Nick Diaz put Robbie Lawler on his ass, and he's going to do it again on Saturday night, 17 years later. Nick Diaz by knockout. And speaking of knockout, the belt's going to change hands. As Alexander Volkanovsky, the old rugby player, takes on T-City, Brian Ortega, in the main event. T-City exacts revenge. Knocks him out. I don't know, man. It's going to be hard to knock out Alexander Volkanovsky. He just looks like he's got an iron chin. But for the sake of it, we'll say he knocks him out. You can get 6-1 to one on your bet. Once again, here's Levine's locks. Diaz by KO, Ortega by KO, the Cleveland Browns by seven and a half, the Las Vegas Raiders giving up four and give up the one and a half with Tampa. Before we get out of here, the Chiefs are seven point favorites, the over under in that game is 54 and a half, shout out to Justin Herbert, because I honestly believe that Like a lot of guys over the next 10, 12 years in the AFC that would have been the cream of the crop, that would have been in all the commercials and talked about, because of this guy named Patrick Mahomes that he has to play twice a year, he's never going to get that kind of love. But I think that he's already a top seven or eight quarterback. I think that he's played awesome so far early on this year. I think he's going to be in the MVP conversation. I think he's going to give the Chiefs trouble coming up on Sunday. The line sounds about right. Chiefs giving up seven. The Chiefs have been up in both games so far this year. The Chiefs have been down in both games so far this year. The Chiefs have shown good signs on defense. The Chiefs have shown a terrible run defense. If the Chargers can run, the Chiefs are in trouble because we know the Chargers can throw the football around. Play the overs in that one. Don't mess with the points. I think this game's played in the 60s, if not the 70s, kind of like that Cleveland game in week one. The over-under is 54 and a half. You'll have that taken care of by the end of the third quarter. There's your additional Levine's lock. That's it for the show. We'll talk to you again. Actually, we're off next Thursday because of Royals baseball. Then that's it for the boys in blue, their final Thursday game of the year. So then that going forward every Thursday night after the Chris Kleiman show, we will be on myself and Julio Sanchez and we will cook the bookie as we did tonight. Thanks for listening right here. This is 610 Sports Radio. And me, so George, our
0: Listening to Cook Your Bookie with Sean Levine. Thursday nights at 8, 610 Sports Radio.
1: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget.